0: Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be.
1: Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughters' lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. And as always, we are on a journey together. And I'm so glad that you're listening today and here with me because the job that we have is such an important one. And it's not always easy, but being able to walk side by side through this journey, learn together, support each other, all of these things are so important for us as dads with daughters. And that's why every week I come back and I know that's why you come back as well. I always love being able to bring you Different perspectives, different people, different experiences, different thoughts on what it means to raise your daughters in today's society. And some of that comes from the guests that we bring in every week. And this week, I've got another great guest that I'm really excited to talk about, that I'm really excited to talk to. You. Jim White is with us. He's an author, coach, and founder of the Family Enrichment Academy. He spent the last 40 years studying the topics of personal development, marriage, and parenting. More importantly, he's also spent those 40 years applying the lessons that he's learned to living life as a husband, a father of six, and a grandfather to 12. So I'm really excited to have him here and to talk to him about his own experiences as a father, but also we're going to be talking about his brand new book, How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be, Without all of the fighting frustration and fear of doing it wrong. So I'm really excited to have Jim here. Jim, thanks so much for
0: being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Looking forward to it.
1: Well, I'm really excited to have you here. And I think first and foremost, I know that as I said at the beginning, you're a father of six and you've got four daughters. So I'm to go all the way back to that first moment that you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's been a long time ago for me now. So, you know, and interesting, we never found out the sex of our, of our children all the way through all six of them. And so, you know, I didn't know until the daughter was born. And um, at that point, she was our second child. So we already were sort of in the parenting mode at that point. And so it was just, it it added that sort of com- felt like it completed thing because we had a son was our first child and then we had a daughter as a second. So it was one of the feelings was, oh, okay, now we got one of each. And, you know, that just kind of completed the picture, if you will, at that moment. Now we did go on and have four more after that, four more children. But it, at that point, it was probably just that whole idea of, okay, the family feels like it's really starting to take shape now.
1: Now, as you have raised your daughters and raised all of your kids, you've had specific memories, specific things that have been, that have allowed you to be able to, I guess, encapsulate a bit of what it means to be a dad. What have been the most memorable experiences that you've been able to share and have
0: with your daughters? So with the daughters, it's interesting. We've obviously, we've had a lot of different experiences. Ones that come to mind, three of our daughters were athletic and enjoyed athletics. A couple, you know, played soccer, running track, playing basketball. So there was a lot of memories through childhood around being a part of a team and being involved with athletics. And it's interesting. One of the dynamics from a dad standpoint was when they were really young, I coached some of them, you know, like a lot of dads would do when they were really young, you know, five, six, seven years old, let's say soccer. But as they got better and as they grew, there came a point where as the dad, I needed to step away from that coaching because I really needed to fulfill my role as a dad and not as a coach. And those are two different things, if you will. And it's interesting as the dynamics became more competitive, I found, okay, I needed to settle back into that dad role. So that's one thing I remember is a little bit of a dynamic there, you know, with daughters. And then obviously as they grow, there's friends groups, and then eventually there starts to be boyfriends. You know, I, I deal a lot with parents with teenagers. And so there's always that process of your daughter when they, you know, go to that first dance. Those are always memorable things or they have that first boyfriend as well. So, you know, as a, as a father, you know, you want to be there in support of that and be able to be somebody that your daughter can count on if they have an issue in that area. And that was part, you know, I always tried to be available and and have the relationship be in a a point to where they did feel like they could come to me if there was ever an issue around that. So that's just a couple of things to throw out.
1: I love that. And I know that for some dads, In many dads, I should say, that I talked to. You talked about what it was like for you when you first found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. But sometimes with that comes some fear, some fear in raising daughters. What would you say was your biggest fear in raising daughters?
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring up fear in general because one of the themes within my book is this idea that within all of us, we have two different competing mindsets. And one of those mindsets is fear-based and the other one is more love-based. And part of the challenge that we engage with every day as a parent is trying to stay connected to the love based mindset, because when we act out of fear, it tends to damage or cause issues with either the relationship or it just it's a source of pain and suffering. And again, the more love based you can be, that's where you're in a position to heal relationships and to have things go well and to have more uh, peace and joy and and purpose in your life. So, you know, when you think about being fearful, whenever you find yourself fearful, I think it just always puts you in a tough to where you're probably not going to act in a way that's really going to help move things forward. And with daughters, things that come up, again, I mentioned, you know, boys is an example, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend stuff starts to come up. You know, you worry about your daughters being concerned. And actually this goes with boys as well, you know, of them feeling good enough. You know, you want them to feel confident and feel like they have a strong self image. That's one of the biggest fears is that they don't start to struggle from a self-image standpoint and and being able to, when you think about teenagers, for example, being able to resist peer pressure. And that comes from having a good self-image and a self-confidence. And so I guess one of the fears you would have is, oh, that they're not developing that or that they're struggling with that in some way. But, you know, I have found That One of the best ways to overcome that is by building a strong connection with your teen or building a strong connection with your child and and daughter in this case. And that all starts by being more love-centered and not responding from a fearful mindset.
1: So not responding from a fearful mindset, things with... raising daughters aren't always easy. What would you say was the hardest part for you in raising four daughters?
0: You know, I think it's hard for any parent when you feel like your child is struggling or they're unhappy for any reason. And, you know, whether it was we Moved And so we went to a different school and there was a little period where one of my daughters was, um, you know, maybe feeling a little bit left out. So that's an example of her struggling some. We had, I mentioned that the, one of my daughters was, you know, pretty athletic and she had a time where she had to make a decision between playing basketball and soccer and kind of picking one or the other. And it was a tough time for her to go through that. So just anytime you feel like your child's struggling, that's what's hard as a parent because you just hate to see them go through that and hate to see them you know going through a difficult time whether again it's a friend group or they're struggling at school or they're struggling with again I mentioned self image is is kind of important with daughters you know that self image and how they feel about themselves you just hate to see them go through that difficult time. And so that's one of the things that I remember. And it's it's an ongoing, you mentioned the idea of it being a journey, which I love that analogy because it is a journey. You know, there's always something new and, and every day it feels like brings new challenges and new circumstances for us to deal with as parents, as our children grow and move you know, from being elementary school into junior high and up into high school. So, you know, there's always new challenges for us to face And, you know, part of our role is to be able to adapt and grow and learn as parents so that we can be there in support of our child as best as possible as they go through whatever the challenge might be.
1: It's definitely challenging when you see your kids struggling and you are trying to help them, but you're also trying to let them learn from the struggle as well. As you are working with dads and you hear that. What do you say to those dads to be able to best support their kids?
0: Again, there's a couple of different pieces of this, and you mentioned, you know, sometimes they need to go through a little bit of a struggle, and that's okay, and it's part of their development. Um, I like to use the words resiliency and resourcefulness, is if you let your child have a little bit of a struggle, and maybe there's a problem that they're trying to work their way through, letting them do that helps them to develop that resourcefulness and that resiliency, which is great life skills that they're going to take off into their adult life as well. The other thing I think a lot of times as dads one of our sort of tendencies is that we want to rush in and fix problems too quickly and sometimes especially with a daughter all they want to do is just talk and share. And so part of the process is just being able to sit and listen and be a compassionate ear. You know, be a sounding board to to let your daughter sort of, if you will, vent. In some cases, and they aren't always looking for a solution. And so, part of what I I know with da- with dads, a lot of times it tends to be more of a, men, a a man issue. Is this you know idea of you know resist that urge to try to jump to solutions right away, and just be there with a compassionate ear and listen and be curious. That's another great skill that helps to build connection with your children is to be curious. You know, what do you mean when you say this? Tell me more about what you're talking about. I mean, you ask those questions from a curious mindset and then again, have compassion and resist that urge to jump in and fix things too early.
1: I have definitely said that more and more in past episodes and in talking to dads about the fact that you have to be willing to listen You have to be willing to set aside that fixing mindset. And it's not easy. I'm not an expert in it, but I do know that your kids, your significant others, the people around you don't always want you to fix things. And so it is important to be able to step back, to listen, and to really hear what they're telling you so that you can be positively impacting them in the way that they need versus the way you think that you can influence.
0: If I might, I might add a lot of times when the child comes to you and they're expressing about a problem, let's say they got an issue with friends or at school or whatever, what it is, is they're a little bit overwhelmed with emotion at that moment. And part of the role of the parent is to be a safe place for that emotion to dissipate. You got to let the child kind of talk through that and let that negative energy dissipate. And one of the things I always throw out to dads that's a a perspective for them to consider is that when there's that level of negative emotion or there's a negative charge to what's going on with your child. They're not in a position to talk about solutions anyway. You have to get through that and let that negative emotion completely dissipate before you can step into the idea of, okay, what's a solution or how can we move this problem forward? And sometimes that could be a day or two later. It may not be right then. And so that's a great, and I think, place for people to start is to think about, okay, there's some emotion here. We got to let loose, you know, let the child get through. And my job is just to be a safe place for that to happen.
1: Now, I know that you have written a brand new book called How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be Without All of the Fighting, Frustration, or Fear of Doing It Wrong. So tell me the story of of what it was, because I know how much time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears goes into writing a book. So tell me about why you wanted to write this book. What was that compelling piece that made you not only put the time in, but put the effort in to be able to impact parents in this way?
0: So as we've mentioned, you know, we've got six children. My wife and I have been married for 40 years. So it's been a long journey for us. And I find myself at a point in my life where the children are grown and gone, I should Almost gone. The youngest is in college now. And for lack of a better way to put it, I've just felt called to share some of the wisdom gained and some of the experiences that we've had over those 40 years as parents. And so it's, it's more of a calling, to be quite honest. And kind of there's three fundamentals to it. The, the first one is that as we went through our journey as parents, there's a belief that's evolved with me. And it is around the idea that all of us deserve to be seen for who we are, and we deserve to be loved unconditionally. So that's number one. The second thing is I feel like all of us deserve to be surrounded by other people that lift us up and empower us to be our absolute best. And then finally, the idea that the family is the most natural place for those things to happen. And when I look at that, that's sort of the driving beliefs that are underneath the work that I'm doing. And again, I feel called to it. And so the Family Enrichment Academy was really just a vehicle to sort of lean into those beliefs and try to share that with other families. And the book was a part of that, Um, you know, writing the book, was obviously a piece of the process of sharing some of that wisdom. I also do workshops and do one-on-one coaching. I produce content for YouTube on a regular basis and a blog, you know. So I'm just trying to find as many ways as I can to share again the wisdom and the in the experience into Help people lean into the idea that love is always the answer and how can we be more practiced and be more intentional about choosing that loving response over the fearful response whenever possible. So that's how I got here to this point.
1: Now, one of the things that is interesting that I found in, in looking at your book is inside the book, you talk a bit about a family vision and how important it is to involve your teenager in the creation of that family vision. Talk to me about what, when you talk about family vision, can you define that for me? And why is it so important to get your teenager to be a part of the creation of that?
0: So the premise is the idea is to be intentional about what the family stands for. For lack of a better, or whether or the principles, or the values, or the beliefs that are at the core of the family, and what I find with a lot of families, they're they're there, but they're not always sort of front and center. And so, the idea of creating a vision statement is to be intentional about bringing those values and beliefs to the forefront, so that the they become a a part of who the family sees, you know, how they see themselves. So that's. Part of what it's about, and, and for some families, to be quite honest, it can be as simple as, though, you know, how do we want to treat each other within our family?" You answer that question. Well, we want to be respectful. We want to honor differences. We want to support each other. I mean, those are the the kinds of ideas that end up being in that family vision statement. And the idea is, you know, you create that. And the reason I inv- I would say to invite the teenager into that, if you haven't done it yet is that, you know, it allows them to to take some ownership in it and they can share their thoughts and values. You can ask them, you know, how should we treat each other in our family? You know, if we have a disagreement, how are we going to resolve that? You ask those open-ended questions and let your teenager get involved and share their thoughts as well. It helps to create some buy-in from that teenager and they become, they see it as part of their vision as well. And so that's the reason I if you have a teenager and you haven't done it yet, I like to get them involved is so that they can, you know, have some buy-in and connect to that as well. The underlying intention is just to get the the principles, values, and beliefs of the family out on the table and front and center rather than it being sort of an underneath and sort of behind the scenes.
1: I appreciate you sharing that too, because I think that. You're right. Sometimes you just go day by day, and without, and sometimes with not having a vision makes it more difficult than it has to be. So I really love the fact that you're encouraging families to be able to think about that and be able to look at things in a little bit different way. And, you know, one of the things that sometimes I think is hard, and I have two teenagers at home right now. I've got a 15 and an 18 and a half year old. And through these years that where my kids have been in their teenage years, I know that I've had to think about things in a little bit different way. And I've had to try to shift that mindset to try to get into their minds a little bit more. As you work with dads and families, are there things that we can do to better be able to make that shift as our kids are moving into this different period in their life and are definitely thinking in a different way
0: Yeah, I guess the, the what I would throw out and one of the fundamental premises in the book for the dealing with a teenager is the idea that as a parent you need to make this transition from controlling what's going on to more of an empowerment mindset. And if you think when they're little, you do control everything that happens, right? I mean, when they're really little, you control when they eat, when they sleep, everything. And then as they move into elementary school, you still control most of what happens. Um, But as they move into the teen years, and this is where... I find a lot of parents struggle is the idea of letting go of that control that they've had all along and making a shift. And to be quite honest, a lot of times the reason they struggle with that is because they don't know what to do instead. And that's where I throw out this idea of empowerment. Your goal is to start to empower the teenager to take responsibility for their own life and to be able to be resourceful, to solve their own problems. And that's all in preparation for them to go out and be an adult, right? And so there's this natural process where we let go of now when your child's 13, Let's say the parents still may can have, you know, they're controlling, let's say, 50 percent just to put it on a continuum, 50 percent of what the child does. But the child's responsible for the other 50, 50 percent. But by the time they're 16, maybe it's now it's 30, 70, you know, where the parent controls less and the teen has taken on more responsibility. You know, by the time they're 18 you know, that teen needs to be pretty much self-sufficient in theory, right? They're an adult at that point, or they're going off to school or they're going off and they're moving, you know, getting their first job and maybe going out on their own. So at that point, they need to be able to handle their business, if you will. And so part of the parent's role through the teenage years is to start to think in terms of how do I empower them and support them in becoming more responsible, becoming more resourceful. And so that's a shift that we can uh, can make as parents. And I think dads struggle with that a little bit too, because they want, you know, we tend to want to control things a little bit more. And we want the child to do it the way we think they should do it rather than, you know, than empowering them. A perfect example is the grades. I know the schoolwork and grades become an issue as, as kids move into the high school years, you know, their, their teenage years. And at some point, the parent I would throw out you need to turn that grade over to your teenager and acknowledge have them acknowledge that it's their grade right now you're there to support them but it's up to them to to manage that and to make it work and to be responsible for it so that's an example of how you know turning over that control and then your job is you know let's say they have a bad grade on a test you know what could you do different next time you d- you ask those open ended questions and that's how you empower them to find their own solutions and answers.
1: You know, one of the things that I think many parents, many fathers, especially fathers of daughters have in those teenage years is there's this pulling away at times. There's this pulling away that a child can have. And sometimes that's, that's definitely hard on fathers. And especially if you've felt like you have built a connection as they were younger. As your children are starting to pull away, showing more of that independence, which is a good thing, how do you maintain that connection with your teenager as they're moving through those teenage years and moving toward their adult years?
0: So the first thing I would say is it's a natural part of the process. And to be quite honest, it can become really, really cool to have a little bit more of an adult relationship with your children. And I have adult children now and are, you know, to have that, you know, that connection as, as adults, it's just an awesome experience. So that's what's out there in front of it. But as that starts to happen, what, what I would throw out is that the father in this case needs to be much more intentional about maintaining that connection. That connection, while it may feel like your daughter's pulling away a little bit, it does not have to erode. You can maintain a strong connection. and I would argue that you should try to maintain a strong connection through those teenage years. It just may feel a little different than it did when they were younger. And so you just you have to be intentional, about how you reach out and build connection. We we talked already when the daughter comes to you and, and starts talking about an issue with a friend, you know, being able to listen with compassion, that's a way of building connection. You know, you don't tell her how to fix the problem. Again, we you just sit there and you listen. So that's an example of being of building connection. You know, how can you maybe build in some fun, some playfulness to your relationship? And again, it's going to be different than the playfulness that you had when they were five years old. I'll give you an example from our family. My youngest daughter and my wife, for example, they both love Broadway shows. And one of the things they do is they'll flip on the soundtrack for Hamilton or some one of the Broadway shows and they start singing together. It's a, it's a way of being playful together. And that goes to build connection as well. And actually in the book, I list out nine different ways that you can build connection with teenagers. You know, it's it's like I say, being curious, being compassionate, um, being playful. I mean, there's there's just a lot of different ways to do it. But you have to be intentional and you have to make an effort to do it. And if you do, you'll be able to not only maintain that relationship and that connection, I would argue that you can make it even stronger and better than it ever was when they were younger as well.
1: Now, as you have put all this time and effort into writing this book to be able to aid parents in so many different ways. What's some of the biggest takeaways, some of the things that you're hoping every person takes away from reading this?
0: You know, a couple of the the big things I would throw out in the first one I mentioned already is this idea of when we act out of fear, it tends to damage relationships and cause us pain and suffering. And as parents, sometimes we do that without even realizing that we're doing it. And so it's the idea of creating some awareness and being able to make a choice to then, oh, let me shift my mindset and let me, if I look and I act from a more love-based mindset, how would this situation be different? And so that's, you know, one of the main messages within the book is that have the parent have that awareness. And then this another big piece is, and I mentioned, is this idea of letting go of the need to control and switching to more of an empowerment mindset. How can I support, how can I help the teenager, for example, see their strengths and act upon their strengths that they have? Um, How can I, I mentioned, see them for who they are and love them unconditionally? You know, let them know that that's the case and that the home is a safe place that's full of love. You know, so that's making that shift to more of an empowerment mindset and being very intentional about being love based, which the the building connection comes out of the the goal of being more love based, and so that's really the the message. And I think the key thing is being intentional. Maybe that's the because it just doesn't happen by accident. You have to make an effort as a as a parent. Um, you have to have more of a growth mindset and be intentional about, OK, how can I grow and develop as a person? How can I then subsequently help my teenager and my child grow and develop as a person as well? And adopting that growth mindset is just critical to being able to make it work and make your family just have that really enriched and transformative experience within your family.
1: We always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? I'm ready. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. When was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter?
0: One, if I made just a quick story. So a daughter came home from school complaining that she had a bad teacher which happens in high school, right? You can't get through high school without having a bad teacher. And this is an example as a parent, sometimes you want to rush in and try to rescue your child from that scenario. But our position, what, you know, what kind of we took and what I took was the idea of, okay, this is an opportunity for growth and development for our daughter. One was how can she be resourceful and be able to still accomplish the goal of the class get the grade that she wanted even though she feels like there's this disconnect with the teacher so there was that conversation but secondly and more importantly we had a conversation around how could she impact the teacher and what i mean by that is we we literally we we said to her you know people get into teaching because they're passionate about helping teenagers or, or helping kids And if this teacher is not good and they're struggling and they're not being engaged from a standpoint of being a teacher, well, something may be going on for them in their life. We don't know. Maybe they're going through a divorce or maybe their parents are having health issues. I mean, we don't know what's happening for that person. So let's have some compassion for them. And then more importantly, what could you do to maybe extend some courtesy or some love to them, to that teacher? And how could you help them to be better? And so just having that conversation in giving my daughter the idea that, you know, you can make a difference with somebody. That was, to me, an example of really leaning into the role of a father and coming from more of that love-based perspective.
1: Now, if I was to ask your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad?
0: Uh, probably Patient is if you want one word they would say that I'm patient and that I am always there for them
1: Now who inspires you to be a better
0: dad You know that's a lot of people my well my kids do First of all I mean just having children and I would say that's the one place I mean they inspire me to be my best and I want to be my best for them. They're, they're part of the big why of what of what I do. And to be honest, another piece of this, you asked about how I got here too. You mentioned in the open that I have grandchildren now. So my children are now parents. And part of this is how do I help them to be the best possible parents as well? So the most inspiration just comes from my family and my children and trying to be the best I can for them.
1: Now, you've given a lot of pieces of advice today to parents of teenagers and just parents in general. But in finishing up today, what's one piece of advice you'd want to leave with every dad?
0: I would say the most probably, well, and it's kind of mentioned this, being having a growth mindset. Is just critical. And so, because from there, if you adopt that growth mindset, the, the whole world is possible. I mean, you can grow and learn and develop into anything. And I think what gets us in trouble is when we become a little closed-minded or we be- have that fixed mindset to where, oh, it's you know, this way and it's that's the only way it can possibly be. So that would be the first step is you got to be willing to open up and grow and develop. And I would say that you know part of the benefit of that and why you want to do it is because it it creates hope for your future you know the future can be different and it's just it's an awesome place to be when you feel like you're growing and developing as a person and as a parent and as a father it's, it's just so purposeful then as you engage on a daily basis, it, it'll just bring a lot more peace, joy, and purpose to your life. So adopt that growth mindset.
1: Well, Jim, I would just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing to be supportive of all dads out there. And if people want to find out more about the book or about you, where's the best place for them to go?
0: Again, my practice is called Family Enrichment Academy. So they can go to familyenrichmentacademy.com and that's the website and they can connect to me there. The book's available. There's a link on the website for the book, but there's also, it's available on Amazon. So you can search it on Amazon as well. But the best place to connect is at the website and my email address is there as well, along with a lot of other information about what we're doing and and how we're doing it. Well, Jim, again, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your voice,
1: for sharing your own experience as a father, but also for supporting so many dads that are out there. And I wish you all the best.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be.
2: We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men. Get out and be the one to them Be the best that you can be Be the best that you can be